Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. No. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Hello, hello, episode 169, solo episode with me, Catherine. I am very, very excited to chat about what is missing from the five love languages today. I am really passionate about purposeful love, intentional love, conscious relationship. So this is for whether you are single or especially those of you that are already in relationship, knowing the love languages and knowing what I'm about to teach you today is going to deepen your relationship and support the kind of experience you want to have in your partnership in tremendous ways. So what are the five love languages? Chances are you've heard about this, right? It's about as popular right now as attachment styles, which I'm very grateful for that we have access to so much information and can learn so many things about how to be grown-ups in love, how to be empowered, conscious, kind, generous human beings. The five love languages were developed, and if you haven't heard of them, this is what they are. The five love languages were developed by marriage and family therapist Gary Chapman, and he wrote a book that came out in 1992. And as a marriage and family therapist, he was seeing only heterosexual couples. So please know there's that, you know, piece around the love languages too. But he noticed that couples were coming to him within one year after being married and expressing dissatisfaction and saying things like, my partner doesn't understand me or what happened to the love we were experiencing when we first got together, et cetera. And he realized that individuals have different ways of expressing love and receiving love. So the five love languages are about how someone tends to express love, but the intention is about how they receive love. That's what's important. Do you know how to receive love, how to have it feel like someone is caring about you, paying attention to you, and most of all, really gets you? So the five love languages are words of affirmation. When someone is appreciative vocally with you, expressing how they feel about you, affirming your beauty, your power, your grace, the things that you bring to the relationship. Do you feel more loved when words of, of affirmation are expressed? Quality time is the second one. When, is so, when someone's really present with you, is that when you feel the most loved? Physical touch, when your partner reaches for your hand, hugs you, places a hand on your back, gives you massages, is that how you feel the most loved or how you tend to express love? 
acts of service. Do you feel the most loved when someone does something for you that actually helps your world? Meaning when your partner takes out the trash, cleans the kitchen, um, helps you get your car fixed, um, does the laundry, if you have babies, takes the diaper, you know, takes the garbage pail out of the diapers garbage out of the diaper pail. <laughs> and the last one, gifts. Do you feel loved when receiving gifts? Not only the thoughtfulness of get, being given a gift, but that the gift actually is something that me, shows that that person's really paying attention to you and gets you. So those are the five love languages, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and gifts. Now, Maybe you've heard of these before, so you're you're very clear on what your love language is. And I want to deepen this and really share what is missing. So again, people keep talking about these around how they express love when it's actually about how you receive love. And receiving love is the is much harder for people than to give. And what is powerful about the love languages that we can pay attention to is the idea that I know mind blowing as it is, is that not everyone is like you, that we tend to have a very childish idea about relationship where we meet, you know, we meet the right person and we fall in love and how they experience love is how I experience love. Or we make a lot of assumptions in relationship rather than asking the deepening questions that say, what matters most to you, right? How do you experience being loved? Now, you do not have to police how someone expresses love. I had a very interesting conversation with a friend where she essentially said, oh, I could never date someone whose love language was words of affirmation or gifts. I can't actually I can't remember now what she said it because I was so quick to say that it doesn't matter what someone's like saying that you won't date someone based on their love language is insane because love language is not about personality. And when it comes to loving conscious relationships, it's about the continual curiosity about who your partner is rather than assuming they are exactly like you. Love gets to grow and be amazing because you spend every single day in the discovery of who your partner is. And for those of you that are recovering from codependency and childhood wounding and the romantic fairy tale, you do something called enmeshment, where you merge with the other person and you forget that you are a separate being unto yourself and so are they. And what's funny is like Andrew and I don't eat like I remember when I like presented this to him, it wasn't even that serious for me. And we both looked at each other and we were like, uh, all of them, <laughs> because on some level, all of these are about thoughtfulness, generosity, paying attention. That's what these are about. Making the effort to pay attention to what actually matters to your partner, getting out of your own way and making it your prerogative and your joy to give to your partner the way that they need to receive love. 
I think the purpose of partnership is both to give and receive. And in healthy relationships, there's an, an ever there's a flow, right? A never ending flow of energy that happens between the two of you. But let me tell you, your relationship changes when you have a baby. <laughs> um, and it, the priorities no longer are, you know, date nights and all that shit after having a baby. But the priority becomes, does my partner know that they matter to me? For those of you that have worked with me individually, you know that I've shared this 20,000 times that I think all human beings are walking around with a sign on their forehead that says, do I matter to you? And you know what? That's what's being said about parenting right now. When I look up parenting blogs or read things about parenting, that's it. That your child is always looking to you to say, do I matter to you? Do my feelings matter? Do you care about me? And the job of the parent is to continuously have the answer to that be yes. Now. That doesn't stop in romantic partnership. In romantic partnership, we must be available to say yes to our partner's bids for connection. Yes to the things that matter to our partner. Being willing to have the conversations over and over and over again about what is needed around each phase of your relationship. So the five love languages are a really cute thing to share in the beginning of getting to know someone. Right. And it's it's a great way to say, you know, this really matters to me. Right. When you say my love language is and then just notice the effort when someone makes right? That, that's for me, it's more that like it's not even about the love language. It's the effort that someone makes to say, I'm paying attention. I was listening when you said what your love language is. And even if it's uncomfortable for me to give it, I'm going to give it because I know that that matters to you. For me, that's what love is. Love is not effortlessness. Love is a verb. Love is the effort to become the kind of lover that our partner needs, to be the kind of lover that can handle the seasons of change in a relationship, right? So that your relationship doesn't fall apart when it's no longer the priority after you have a baby or when someone is sick or when someone dies or when someone loses a job. We get lazy around love. That's what's true about why relationships fall apart. We get lazy. And we get selfish. We get selfish because we start saying things like, well, they're not paying attention to my love. They're not giving to me. They're not paying attention to my love language. So why should I give to them? You keep score in your relationship. That's why relationships fall apart. Or you're unwilling to move past your comfort zone to give your partner the thing that they need because it's uncomfortable for you. This is the element of growing up in love. This is where love begins, where the person I become as a result of loving my partner is a more generous and open-hearted person. You also can do this with your friends. Now, I don't know if all of my friends are words of affirmation that that's when they feel loved, although I'm pretty sure, I don't know anyone, I don't know anyone on the planet when they're told the difference that they've made in someone's life, the impact that they've had, how much they matter to someone and how much they mean to you, that you don't feel loved. Like that's what I have a hard time with. Of course, everyone feels that, especially at work, right? Do you have a job? If you have a job or you're never given any feedback, is that a job you're gonna continue to want? Probably not, right? You wanna know that you're doing well, right? And that you're making a difference. 
my gift is words of affirmation. My gift is being able to see people. And I see, and I see through the masks and the, the facade and, and can tell the truth. I've written, led, I've, I've written, I wrote speeches um, for people when I was in high school about I, when I was a freshman, I wrote a speech for the difference the seniors had made in my life on the track team. So there's an element of that, how you express your love is one of your gifts, like a true nature of your gifts. Maybe, you know, God, I have a friend who just gives the most thoughtful gifts all the time. Like it blows my freaking mind. Like she is the most thoughtful person I know around gift giving because she's just, oh, that's just who she is. And if we now, so the second part around all of this is if we start policing how someone expresses their love. So back to that comment of that person saying like, oh, I can never date someone whose love language was, is X. That's ridiculous because if we're policing someone's expression, that's not love either. But if our partner is only willing to express how they express love, but isn't attuning to how we need to receive it, that's the issue. It's not about how someone expresses. The selfishness for people that I'm watching is just they're only connected to that this is their expression. They're not asking their friends or asking their partner, how do you receive love? What really matters to you? How can I, especially in romantic partnership, how can I every single day with the things that I do show you that you matter to me and that I care? That's what love is. That's what secure attachment is. That's why emotional responsiveness matters so much. You want to know what love is? Love is secure attachment. Love is the willingness to extend beyond ourselves the things that get in the way of us giving the love that our friends and our partners need to receive. And in, in a broader term, just being love. You are being love when you're not all caught up in whether or not something's comfortable for you to express how much someone means to you or whether or not it's convenient for you to think about a gift that they need. Love is about moving past all of that. Love is about not keeping score, not saying I'll only give to you if you give to me. Love is the expression of the truth of who you are and the attunement with the people around you. And that's what secure attachment is. Secure attachment is attunement. So a joke for me, and I'm sure like, here's the truth, my friends, every couple on the planet's having this argument, right? And every couple, there's the person who's really neat and there's the person who's really messy, <laughs> right? And every couple on the planet and couples who don't end up in couples therapy, or they think that the answer in couples therapy is how to get their partner to be more like them, right? The neat person is saying, if I could just get my messy partner to be cleaner, right? That would be the answer. And the messy person's going, if I could just get my neat person to be a little messier, then that'd be better rather than, you know what, We're, you're the neat one and I'm the messy one. But here's the thing, T get, take a guess which one I am in the relationship. I'm the messy one. However, here's what love is. Love is that I know that my partner cares about things being neat, not because he's a dick, not because he's OCD, not because he's trying to be difficult, but because it matters to him. So my job is to say, okay, if I know that that matters to him, I can take the extra step in the morning before I go to bed to put things away. That's what love is. Love is I fucking hate doing dishes. <laughs> I hate doing dishes and I'm the one who wishes they could pile in the sink. 
love is, you know what? I know that it matters that when Andrew finishes work and he walks into the kitchen, that if the dishes have been cleaned, I can put them away in the dishwasher or, or clean them by hand. Now I can hear all of you. I mean, just notice when you hear me, your ego, right? The self-righteous, selfish part of you that's saying, well, what if he doesn't do the things for me? Or like, oh, that's being a whatever. Like notice if you've just made a comment about what you think that makes me because I'm willing to do those things for my husband because I know it makes a difference for him. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's the movie with Jennifer Aniston and um, Vince Vaughn. And she's complaining about the dishes, right? She's saying, I want you to want to do the dishes. And Vince Vaughn is like, why the fuck? I don't, why I don't want to do the dishes. Why would I want to do the dishes? And right. And it's, that's the argument they're having. And essentially it's not about the dishes. It's never about the trash being taken out. It's never actually about the gifts. It's never about the mess in the house. It's about, do you see me? Do you care about me? So in that movie, Jennifer Aniston cared about the dishes, not because she needs him to like want to do the dishes. It's that when Vince would want to do the dishes, if he cared about doing the dishes, he would, it would mean that he cared about her. And this is why the love languages are kind of silly sometimes, because what we all actually want is, do I matter to you? Do you care about me? Are you paying attention to me? Are you attuned? Because you could have someone who does your fucking love language, but they don't know how to have empathy for you. That's a problem. You could have someone who does your love language, but they don't have any awareness of what to how to be with you when you're struggling or when you're in joy. Right? You could have someone have uh, your love language and they're giving love to you the way you need, but they're never accountable to anything in their life and they're complaining all the time. Or... You can have a narcissistic, toxic person who buys you lots and lots of gifts who ends up actually being abusive. That's what's missing from the love language. These are, it's a simple, it's an introductory, right? It's like kindergarten level understanding about love because it's about getting out of your own way. It's about saying, do I know myself and know the things that make a difference for me? Because physical touch is very important to Andrew and I. So that that was something I had on my dating profile on Match.com, right? Like if you're not someone who wants to hold hands and make out in public and snuggle on the couch all the time, like I'm not your girl. Because people, not everyone's like that, right? And that's a, that's a whole mindset too, the understanding that not everyone is like me. So it's my job to know myself. This is what the inner work is. It's my job to know myself to know what I need, to know what my attachment style is, to know what my triggers are, to know what my love language is. And then to know that it's my job to find out who someone else is when I'm dating them. It's my job to be curious and to recognize that I will have to teach someone how to be the best kind of partner for me. That it's not just going to happen through osmosis and hope and because we have a lot of big feelings about each other. It's about understanding. And that's really for me what love is. So you have the five love languages, but I hope that from this episode, you'll take a look at whether or not you've done the inner work to know what is true for you and what, you know, how to know things, what really matters to you and what you need in order to feel loved. And to add on that what you need in order to feel loved is attunement, someone paying attention, 
someone being thoughtful about who you are, and then most of all, someone accepting you for who you are, that that's actually what love is. And when we know how to do those things for ourselves, when we're not shaming ourselves for the things that we need, when we're not judging ourselves for the things that are important to us, when we're not making excuses for people on why they can't love us because of their childhood trauma or making excuses for them when they're abusive or going after people who are in other relationships, right? When we stop doing all of that and come home to ourselves and accept who we are and love who we are and know who we are and what we need, then we can date from the place of empowerment. Then we can be shameless in our expression of who we are and what matters to us. And then that's how we actually find the person who wants to play at that level and is a match for us. The first few months of my relationship with Andrew was about infinite discovery. We got all of these cute little books about questions to ask each other. We talked about love languages. We talked about spirit animals. We talked about our childhood. We talked about the things that mattered most to us and most of all the kind of vision we had for our life. And what's true is within several months, we were talking about that all of the inner work we had done individually up until that point was in service to the kind of parents we wanted to be and the kind of family we wanted to to have. And no one would have told, you couldn't have told me that when we met, it was going to be almost 10 years later before we had our first child together. But the work is every day discovering who your partner is, every day discovering who you are. I hope you don't use the love languages to put yourself in a box. I hope you stop keeping track around love. And I hope you stop thinking that you need to be someone other than who you are in order to be loved. Your job is to be who you are. Your job is to be an advocate for the things that you need and the things that matter to you and to wait for the person who is so psyched that you're you, is so psyched that they get to love you and they want to know how to love you. And to do the work to become a grown-up that can handle seasons of change or seasons when things are hard in a relationship, can handle moments or even weeks of some disconnection because you know how to get back and your relationship is not dependent on constant validation and assurance because that's not adult relationship either, right? When my husband's mother died, it's actually stopped being about me, (laughs) right? It wasn't my job to then complain about how Andrew was unavailable. It was my job to be his partner because he was going through something incredibly difficult. And I was too, right? The loss was terrible for me, but it was his mother. His grief is different than mine. So it also wasn't my job to tell him what I thought he should do around his healing. That's not love, right? Love is acceptance. Love is allowing someone to be who they are. Love is paying attention to who someone is and paying attention to who you are and not judging it or criticizing it or thinking that you should be different. So I am so, so, so grateful to have the self-guided programs that I have for you, Homecoming, which is the foundational program of knowing yourself and knowing what you need and knowing how to move through the world with worth and belonging and self-respect and boundaries. And then most of all, wholeness. In homecoming, I have a whole module on masculine and feminine energies and what they actually mean and how to be whole rather than thinking that you need to change who you are in order to attract love. 
And then of course, open to love is my dating program. It's for single women to walk through the path, the program and the path that I walk my one-on-one clients through, which is about doing that deeper digging around your childhood and around your past relationships that are keeping you from creating the one that you actually want to have now. And of course, I am available for one-on-one work right now. I am taking one-on-one clients in three and six month long programs. And I'm very grateful to be, you know, mothering my beautiful baby right now and making my way back into my work and working with really, really phenomenal people right now that are coming into the work saying, you know, I'm ready to heal. I'm ready to change. I am meant for great love. Even if you don't know how you're going to get there, my clients have that inner knowing. Like it it has to be possible for me. Like I'm unwilling to give up on love, but I'm willing to see the places that I'm getting in the way of having it. So if you're interested in any of that work, all of my links are on my Instagram bio and my website. I am so grateful for the New Truth Podcast and all the women we get, Kate and I get to meet together and really, really grateful to have had the opportunity to deepen the love languages topic with you. So as you know, if this episode has inspired you, moved you, um, I would love to hear it. And Kate and I also really love to hear, you know, what's on your heart and minds and the questions you're asking, because of course that will inspire future episodes. So we'll see you next week with Kate and I. Kate will be back. Um, we'll be back together and talk to you soon. Hi, it's Kate. Thanks so much for listening to the New Truth Podcast. For more of Catherine and I, come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group. We are in there. That's where we're sharing all about our programs and our free workshops that we do. Um, You can come join us there and ask as many questions as you want about the podcast episodes, about dating, relationships, any struggles you're having out there. We would love to support you. So come hang out with us in the New Truth Movement Facebook group and we will see you soon.